Life Audio. Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, we wanted to uh, begin a series on the word and our witness. The word and our witness. And after a word from our sponsors, we'll get started on the topic today. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And this particular topic will be expressed from an apologetic perspective. And we hope that uh, this series helps you to be emboldened, to lift up the holy name of Jesus Christ, to be a witness in your orbit, O-R-B-I-T. I know it's a scientific term dealing with space and things of that nature, but we all have our orbits. Uh, you have your cluster of friends a cluster of associates, cluster of family members uh, that you're close to and uh, you share commonalities as it relates to life issues. And it is those clusters that the Lord would have us to influence on his behalf. And if we are able to witness to those in our inner circles and then they catch on fire for Jesus, and they're able to affect others, then our circle grows. But it's not for us. It's for Jesus Christ. So I'm hoping this episode helps you in your faith, helps you in your evangelism, helps you in your discipleship. So let's begin as we talk about God's word, and we call it the Bible, the, um, the, the, the B-I-B-L-E. Some say is um, basic instructions before leaving earth. We learned that in Vacation Bible School. But 
uh, I'm hoping that we use the Bible as the source of our decree and mandate to go out and share the good news. And it is good news. That's the thing about uh, God's word. It is good news. It's called good news for a reason. It's good news uh, because of what it can't do. C-A-N. Because of what it can do. It can change lives. It can transform minds. Uh, It can save souls. God's word is powerful. And as the Hebrew writer says, that it's a two-edged sword. It cuts going in and it cuts going out. Uh, it, It reaches even to the marrow. God's word has a metaphysical component to it. It's not just... Um, a, 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 a medicine that you, you drink and it has these negative side effects. There's no side effects to God's word. God's word, um, it, it's, it's a light. It, it, and what I love about the Bible is it uses all these different illustrations to talk about God's word. So we're going to talk about God's word and our witness. So when we, talk, when we use the term God's word, that phrase, we're talking about the Bible, right? The uh, B-I-B-L-E. And the Bible, and, and please keep in mind what I'm getting ready to say, the Bible is a limited expression of its nature. It's a limited expression because the Bible itself tells us uh, that there were things that even Jesus did which couldn't be contained in the scriptures. So what we know about God is only some of what we know about God. God is bigger than uh, the things that the Bible um, reports about him. But whatever he is that we don't know about, it's always consistent with his nature. It's always consistent. God cannot go against himself. So we can't ever say uh, or come up with a theory or, or posit a, a philosophical argument that goes against God's nature as we already have it in the scriptures. The word was written um, by men, but inspired by God. The word was written by men, but authored by God. And what the Bible uh, tells us as we read it, one of my favorite books is is called The Bible is History. Uh, I love history. And um, this book basically uh, talks about the historicity of the Bible, the historicity of the Bible, um, how it has played a role in humanity uh, throughout the annals of history. So when we read the Bible, we learn about the history of mankind, where we came from, uh, um, how did we get here? And as Christians, we soon realize when we are talking to other people, uh, not everybody holds the belief that we were shaped in the image of God, that God created Adam first, and then from his rib came uh, um, the woman. Not everybody believes that. Not everybody believes in a Christian um, worldview as it relates to how we all got here. Uh, you have uh, many atheists who believe uh, that we evolved. Uh, that we evolved from early primates and then um, we became who we are, uh, that we evolved from monkeys and apes and things of that nature. Uh, You have many atheists and skeptics that hold on to the theory of evolution. And the 
a sad thing about many of those who hold to this view is they're ignorant of what uh, Darwin actually talked about. Darwin, in his own um, letter, he uh, gave himself a wiggle room. He, he, he said, if we could find uh, evidence through technology, and, and he was being um, pragmatic, if, he could, if we could find evidence of, of, of more developed cells, then his theory of, of, of evolution would not uh, count. His theory of, of, of evolution um, would have a flaw in it. And so with today's technology, we're able to see the complexities of the biological uh, systems. And, and through that, uh, we see that uh, 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 the molecular structure for uh, Homo sapiens is different than that of other species. So what am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is God created Adam just the way he created him and just the way we are. We did not evolve from any early primates. And I, I don't mean to get uh, distracted by arguments against evolution, but let me say this. The one major flaw of the evolutionary argument is we have yet to find at least one transitional fossil. It doesn't exist. And it's evidence that we've always been created the way that we are. We did not evolve from animals. And, and, and without the transitional fossils, it remains a theory. It, it remains hypothetical. And they claim to have science on their, sides, on their side, and they don't. They don't have science on their side. Um, what we do have are theory. Uh, what we do have are hypotheticals, and they accuse Christians of having faith. But they have faith in faith, hollow faith. Our faith is rooted in the scriptures and is rooted in evidence. And so uh, we, we can't stand toe-to-toe when it comes to arguments for God uh, in contrast uh, to um, arguments for evolution in terms of us uh, becoming or evolving from early primates. Again, they have no transitional fossils, none. There's no transitional fossils that, that, that proves or, or demonstrates that um, one species has jumped to another species or one species has become another species. So, in, in other words, there's no evidence that shows that a bird uh, can become a turtle. What we do have is we have um, microevolution, microevolution. And as Christians, uh, we, we accept that. And what microevolution says is that um, if there, there were mammoths, the, uh, the, those mammoths are modern-day elephants, but it's still within the same species. Let us take a break to recognize our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, 
and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. You're not jumping from one species to another species. That we don't have. And, and that's what a lot of people are trying to show is that we mo- uh, we're moving from one species and hopping to another spe- uh, species. No, there's no evidence for that. That's, that's macro evolution. Now, as Christians, again, we can accept micro evolution, um, but we can't accept macro evolution. I hope that makes sense. And if it doesn't make sense, you can always email us at info at srministries.org. Second thing about the Bible, it is God's work through the life of humanity from the beginning. It shows us God's work through the lives of humanity from the beginning. So in other words, uh, we see how God's handiwork has been a part of human structure and human history. Since the beginning, God has been a part of of this life is not like the deist. Many of the deists um, assume that, uh, yes, there is a God who created humanity, and he, once he created everything for human beings, then he left, he left it up to humans to run. That's what many deists believe. But that's inconsistent, that's not scripture, and that's incorrect. So God's handiwork has been intertwined with human history. Then the Bible tells us about S-I-N, sin. Yes, that word uh, is basically um, a title used to describe us falling short of God's standard. That's what sin means. Sin means we have fallen short of God's standard. We have fallen short of God's standard and sin uh, is running rampant in today's culture. Uh, matter of fact, there are some preachers who refuse to teach on sin because it's not popular. Well, whether you teach on it or not, whether you preach on it or not, it's not going anywhere. God still holds us responsible for S-I-N. And in Romans 3.10, Paul reminds his audience that it is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. And in Romans 3.23, he says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's why there's nobody perfect. And then he goes on in Romans 5, 12, and he says, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all, all have sinned. And in six twenty three, he says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then I love Romans 10 and 9, uh, where, where it says that if you should confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shall be saved. And that is the recipe for sin. If, if you want to deal with sin, if you want to conquer sin, it has to be done through the uh, uh, efficacious blood of Jesus, which occurred 2,000 years ago on the cross. So um, sin has to be dealt with. And that's what the Bible reminds us of. Number four, uh, there's a revelation concerning his beingness. So the Bible talks about God's ontology. Who is God essentially? And we're able to see things about God that we didn't know before. Ontologically, his beingness. Who is God? We know that God doesn't lie. 
We know that God doesn't sleep. We know that God is all powerful. We know that God uh, is, is, is an ambassador for righteousness. We know these things about God because of what the Bible tells us about him. God is the source of truth. We know that. God is truth. Uh, the, he cannot lie. And, and, and we know these things, again, because the Bible says so. And, and I'm so thankful that God allow us to see who he is so we can uh, know what the standard is. So we thank God for his beingness. Then the Bible introduces us to the possibility of miracles. Do miracles exist? Yes. Yes, miracles exist. And I know there are those in the world who teach against miracles saying that um, we can't, uh, 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 we can't test miracles so we can't believe it. Well, there's a lot of things that you can't put in the lab and test, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. When you all fall in love, can you put that in the test tube and test it? No. But what we do see is the results of being in love. And likewise, we, we that know God, we are the effects. People see how he, he's changed us. We don't talk the same anymore. We don't sing the same anymore. We don't dance the same anymore. We don't handle our finances the, the same anymore. We are the effects of a transcendent cause that causes God. He, he, he caused us uh, to be holy. He caused us to be truthful. He's caused us to be sanctified. So the, uh, the, the, the Bible uh, introduces us to the possibility of miracles. Miracles do exist. And, and by miracles, uh, we're talking about those events that can only be attributed to God. Those events that can only be attributed to God. And the, uh, one of the greatest miracles, there are two great miracles, but the greatest miracle, um, number one, one of the greatest miracle is that um, God created the universe. That's a great miracle. Out of nothing came something. That's one of the greatest miracles. And then the second one, of course, is the resurrection. The resurrection, right? You may be saying, well, the resurrection is the greatest miracle. Well, there wouldn't be any resurrection if we weren't here. And just by the creation of the universe and, uh, and us and humanity, that's the greatest miracle. Out of nothing, God created something in which we call ex nihilo. God created something out of nothing. And then um, he tops it all off by showing us that he's defeated death through Christ. So the resurrection is as great of a miracle as well. Then we learned uh, case studies. This is what the Bible gives us. Uh, it gives us case studies of those who have relationships with God and how he delivered them. There's a concept called um, salvation, right? Many of you all have heard, uh, used the word salvation. But there are two types of salvation. There's temporal salvation in contrast to eternal salvation. Temporal salvation is when the psalmist, uh, for an example, talks about God delivering him out of a pit. God delivering him from his lowest point. That's temporal salvation, meaning that uh, it, there was a starting point and then there was the end point. But eternal salvation deals with uh, being delivered eternally. Being delivered, when God saves you, you're genuinely saved. When God saves you, you're eternally saved, meaning that uh, we have a relationship with him now, but yet when we die, when we are in the presence of the Lord, we're going to keep having a relationship with him. We're not going to stop 
our relationship with him. So that's eternal salvation. So there's a distinction between a temporal salvation where God delivers you out of, of, of let's say, a traumatic situation. God delivered you uh, physically from an illness. It had a starting point and an end point. But eternal salvation is exactly what it means. It is this is this uh, uh, existence, this relationship, this salvation that transcends beyond time. And that's what God did for us uh, through his sacrifice on the cross. Then uh, the Bible tells us about God's dispensational plan to redeem mankind as a result of sin. God's uh, dispensational plan to redeem mankind as a result of sin. So God uh, already had a plan for us when Adam sinned. When, when Adam sinned, God already had a plan for it. God, God knew the contingency plan. God knew that the Lamb of God would be coming. God knew that the blood had to be shared for the remission of sin. God knew all of this, and this is an introduction to Jesus. Uh, through sin, one man sinned into the, into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And um, there needed to be payment for that. And so Jesus came and he atoned for our sins. And, and that completes the story. Uh, sin uh, is, is, is a foul stench into God's nostrils. And uh, there had to be payment for sin, just like an Old Testament. Uh, uh, an offer, a sacrifice had to be offered. And it had to be a perfect sacrifice. So in the Old Testament, they used the perfect uh, the the per- per- perfect sacrifice, the perfect animal. But in the New Testament, uh, we now see that God is not asking for animal sacrifice. He's uh, asking for, symbolically, he's asking for human sacrifice, meaning that he wants us to sacrifice our time. He wants us to sacrifice our appetite. He wants to, us to sacrifice our minds. He wants us to, to sacrifice our temple. And, and, and offer it to him. This is why we can't keep doing the same thing we were doing prior to Jesus coming. We can't keep manipulating. We can't keep gossiping. We can't keep um, holding on to grudges. We can't keep hating. We can't keep being racist. We can't, uh, we can't keep being classist. We have been transformed, and we are looking more like Jesus Christ. So we're thankful to God uh, that he's given us examples of other people who uh, who he's delivered through time. And then uh, we are introduced to sin and how God defeated sin. And then the Bible tells us about God's plan ex- as expressed to humani- uh, humanity through all 66 books. God has a plan for you. God has a plan for me. And God um, is not going to force himself on you. He's not going to force himself on me. We have to be willing to partner him, w- with him in this thing called evangelism. We, 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 we have to be willing. We have to have a desire to agree with God that uh, people are lost. People that don't have Jesus Christ, they're lost. And God wants to use you as an ambassador. God wants to use me as an ambassador. God wants to uh, use our lives as, t- as a testament to those around us so they may see there's a difference, that God can make a difference, that God uh, can make a perfect difference in the sense that he's perfect. God, when, when we are in connection with God, things change. 
This was the imagery with Moses. When Moses went to uh, speak with God face to face, when Moses came back, the people could tell that he's been with God because of, of, of uh, the look in his face, because of his countenance. In the same way, when we've been with God, people see the difference in us. People see that uh, instead of being short-tempered, we now have patience. People see that instead of um, spreading our business all over social media, we're not showing restraint. We don't post everything on social media that's, um, that's not becoming of the Christian. So when we are connected to God, we change. And if we're not changing, it's an indication that we haven't been with God the way that we need to be. So I hope that makes sense. And then um, lastly, the Bible reminds us that the revelation of the Messiah from the Old Testament to the New Testament is paramount. Again, the revelation of the Messiah from the Old Testament to the New Testament is paramount. This view of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament is a prelude to what we see in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, it talks about him coming. Uh, Isaiah 53, as as an example, the suffering servant. Um, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of, of our peace are upon his hands, and through his stripes we are healed. That the Messiah is coming in the Old Testament. And then in the New Testament, we see that the Messiah has arrived. The Messiah arrived, and uh, he, he, he's preaching the kingdom of God agenda. He's talking about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. He's talking about um, how he didn't come to uh, do away with the law, but he came to fulfill the law. So in essence, the Old Testament was a handmaiden to the New Testament. And so we thank God that we have this uh, book called the Bible that serves as inspiration, that serves as a source of salvation, that serves as our power so we can get through what's going on in our lives today. Yes, the Bible was written a long time ago, but As I always say in my classes, truth has no expiration date. Truth has no expiration date. So we thank you for listening. Uh, Please join us next week as we continue our series on the word and our witness. Again, do for the truth what so many people do for a lie. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. And as always, we would like to thank our friends at Life Audio for their partnership with us on this broadcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows. This, this is my skyship dreamer. My cargo is stories. And our destination, dreams. With Abide Sleep Stories for Kids, you can help your children fall asleep fast and learn about God. 
To find these kids a bedtime stories, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Stories for Kids. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.